This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Did you see that tweet this morning? Which tweet? The Aaron Myers tweet. On Twitter? <laughs> hey, unless y'all talk about it or something, I usually don't catch stuff that's on Twitter. All right. You haven't heard about this. Get ready. This is because I nearly pissed myself when I saw this this morning. Oh, was this about Find the Batman Adventures 12 in a dollar box? Yes. Actually, it was $2, and he lowballed him down to a dollar. Well, was it a Batman 12, Batman Adventures, or a Batgirl Adventures? Well, it's the Batman Adventures, officially, but if you look at the cover, they've superimposed in big red letters, Batgirl over Batman. Oh, it's the first Harley Quinn? First Harley Quinn. And I hadn't looked at the prices in a long time, so I started checking around. Raw copies are going anywhere from the upper 300s to the mid 500s. Yeah, depends on the shape it's in. I saw a 9.8 slabbed one on eBay for $1,800. Yeah, 9.8s are the premium area. I mean, right. it's it's hard to get those with modern comics. So, oh, yeah. So having it stay a 9.8 after how many years? I don't remember. I'm not, it's not a series I've ever collected. Yeah, I wonder if there's a second print newsprint newsstand. <laughs> I don't think so. I bet there's a newsstand. Um, may not be a second print, but I bet there's a newsstand. Actually, I ought, to, I ought to take a look at mine and see what it is. Because this came out post the animated series, so we're talking about mid '90s. Ooh, I thought it was I thought it was during the animated series. That may have been. Uh, well, you know, you're right. I, sometimes I just usually want to think those kids' comic, uh, the, or the comic books that are tied to the cartoons are coming out when the cartoons are going on, but it could be that they do them afterwards so they maintain interest in them. Could be. I don't know. I'll say that's not a series I was ever interested in much, so I don't can oh. tell what year. All right, let's see. Batman, uh, Batman. Let's see. There's Batman 608, Batman Killing Joke, Batman Adventures 12, Batman Adventures Mad Love, Batman Harley Quinn. Oh, mine's in my. That's one of the ones I sent off for CBCS. No, mine is not newsstand. I don't think there was a newsstand. <sighs> September of '93 is on the cover, so it means it came out. Well, no, they did. They put on the label 9, 1993. Huh. You know, it's been a while since I've done CBCS. I didn't realize how, compared to CGC, how thin these uh, slabs are. Interesting. I've never seen a CBCS slab, so I couldn't tell you. Hmm. I'm going to. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I like them. Everybody disparages them, saying... Oh, you can't get as much for a CBCS slab as you can for a CGC slab. You gotta do a 20-30% discount, and I'm kinda like, is that because of the slab or because of the grading? Because I always heard CBCS was harder on the grading. So if you got like a 9.8 CBCS, you know, you're pretty confident it's a 9.8. I've heard a lot too, but I've also heard that, yeah, the CBCS grading is more consistent than CGC. You could send Two books that are almost identical in shape, and you get it just depends on who graded it. You can get a big difference in grade. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm looking at this thing. They didn't square it up in the uh, case. Now my OCD is just going to just bug me. <laughs> this thing is not square. Take a picture of it and send it to Aaron, and that'll put his OCD on. Oh, no, no, no. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what would irritate him. So I picked this up in a store probably three years ago. And I got a good deal on it, because at first I forget what they were wanting. But then I said, oh, there's a tear. 
And so, like, at the very top of the cover, yeah, if you look at the cover, it says, Win Original Batman Adventures Art. Between the win and original, there's a tear, probably about a quarter of an inch. And it also goes into, like, the first three or four pages. So after I pointed that out, he says, oh, I'll take 20 bucks for it. He says, I'm going, dude, I'm not going to cheat you. I'll give you 50 for it. So I gave him 50 for it, and it came back an 8.5. Wow. Because that's the only defect on the whole thing. The corners are sharp. There's nothing wrong with the corners. It's got that purple cover. There's not a spine tick on it. And then it's got, well, it's got that dark purple along the front spine, and it's got the black on the back spine. There's not a tick mark on it. And the corners are nice and sharp. The only thing wrong with this thing is that little tear up there. And they could have done it so it wasn't as apparent, but I'll take an 8.5 Batman Adventures 12 for 50 bucks. Yes. So I was happy with that. Now, where did that fit in. So, yeah, I saw that tweet, or I saw y'all talking about that tweet. So, you know, sometimes those books are like that. You know, it's, you can get those things. It's like I found that Jimmy Olsen for 20 bucks. Yeah, I know. You just got to keep looking. You got to dig. Got to dig deep. Well, see, people say that, you know. Oh, you just got to be persistent, and it'll pay off. Not necessarily. I got a feeling that I could go to every damn flea market and a state sale between here and Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and not find jack shit. <laughs> because... It all just happens to be a little luck of where you are that day and what they've got. And... Well, yeah, there's a bit of luck, but there's also some persistence. I kept persisting, and I found, and I finally found my Batman 457. Yes, I know, I know. Don't know if I'll ever find uh, another one. Uh, no, because the next one that's going to be out there, I'm going to find. Damn it. Well, there was one near you, remember? But you went to C2E2. Oh, yeah, there was one near me. What? There's no guarantee that I would have found it if I'd been at that damn convention. I'd like to know what he bought it for. He won't tell what he bought it for at the convention. But Oh, you know what? He paid no more than 10 bucks for it. Probably not. No more than 10 bucks because they thought it was a regular. That's what I use. Well, sometimes I see that issue, the other versions going for 5 bucks, 6 bucks, 10 bucks, And then I'll go places and it's like 20 bucks. It's like, pfft. And I, I scoff at them because... Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that convention, I went back in uh, July, no, August. I found one, and I was looking at it, and he had several 457s. All of them either... Yeah, he had a second print, direct market, and he was all proud of that thing. I think he had, he had that for like 40 bucks. Yeah, this is the second print of the... Yeah, this is the second print of the new uh, the direct market, which is <laughs> not worth Pretty this. Common. And he didn't even... I expect them to know what they've got, pretty much. And I started talking about the Indicia era on this, and he was just kind of, his eyes started just kind of glaze over. He didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. you got to know your stuff. Or that, or they get it ass backwards. They think the Indicia era is the the rare one. Yeah, and uh, what was it? I saw somebody recently found a Superman 50 second print newsstand. Which came out the same month. And it's supposed to be kind of rare. But so, anyway. And now i got to start looking for that uh, that Robin number one second print newsstand. Right. I don't know what I'm going to look for next. Well, I thought you were going to do uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. Oh, I probably will. Or I probably want to finish uh, Shadow of the Bat, because that's the one I'm closest to. Because it only had 98 issues or something like that. No, no, you know what you need to find? You need to you need to find that Legends of the Dark Knight 177, was it? That first Batman jock cover? Which is cover price most places. You just got to find it. Which is a pretty badass cover. I never knew that before. And I'm looking at it and it's like, that's pretty badass. Well, that's because Jock is a badass artist. No, oh, there you go. So, anyway. Is that enough bat talk? Because I think I listened I listen to the roundtable and we've been accused of being a Batman podcast. <laughs> yes, I know. I I may clip this off and put it at the end as a bonus, but yeah, we've got to have some obligatory Batman collector talk on this podcast. I'm yeah, I, I, that, that's how it should be. It's I can't help it that Batman is collectible because he's been around for how many years? Uh, nearly eighty. Close to exactly. Mm, there's a lot of books out there that are very collectible that are Batman. Yes, very much so. And as much as I love indie comics, I mean Batman. Yeah, like that's that's my. I've been reading Batman since I was 11. I'm 57. 
do the math, you know. I mean, it's like how many times Batman has been part of me for my most of my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we are Best of the Rest, an indie po- comics podcast, and I'm Jay Loving. And I'm Dennis Chandler. And it's time again for previews. Ooh, which month are we doing now? October catalog for books that come out in December or later. Oh, why is it so... Oh, you know what? I've got a, I guess i got a bone to pick. Let me grind something really quick. Okay. It's like the past two months, previews has had something in it that comes out the month after it's there. So you get this previews. What's on the cover? Conan, number one, and the Barbarian. Yeah, and when's it come out? I don't know. I didn't look. Look at the very bottom. January of 2019. Yes, why is that on a previews book for the stuff shipping December of 2018? Well, that's not totally uncommon. There are stuff that is out. There are they do advanced solicits on here every month. There's things that don't won't come out until February or March of next year. Yeah, but is that like uh, big two monthlies? No, it's not. So I don't know why that's in there. I see your point. Yes, I can understand some stuff. Like, well, I look on the back and it's like, okay, that's just all toys, so that doesn't really count. But I've been seeing this, it's like, oh, cool, I can order McConan. And it's like, where is it? It's on the cover, where is it? And then I figured out it was January. Well, they did a tease last month that they fulfilled this month, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and get started, and we'll start, as we always do, in Image, through our Premier Publishers. Oh, yes, Premier. Premier. Let's get the book open. All right, you gonna kick us off? Yes. I'm. You know, I was. I, I was sitting here looking at this. I think we're gonna have a lot of overlap this month for some reason. I probably are. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But anyway, we can talk it. It's all good. Oh yeah. My first one's on page 44. Prodigy. Ooh, that's one of mine. I first got interested when I saw Mark Millar. He's an interesting writer. I don't always like everything he does, but most of it I do. And then when I saw that the artist on this is Raphael Albuquerque, who one of my favorites, I thought, okay, interested. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of picked it despite Mark Millar because, I I don't know, he's got a reputation now just writing these things as screenplays. I'm going to write five or six issues, see if I can get it made into a movie, move on to the next thing. Could be. And this, boy, this, I'll just read the solicit. Because this sounds like it could be definitely movie material. Edison Crane's not content with being the world's smartest man and most successful businessman. His brilliant mind needs to be constantly challenged. He's a Nobel Prize winning scientist, genius composer, Olympic athlete, an expert in the occult, and now international governments are calling on him to fix the problems they just can't handle. Yeah. And the cover artist, him, him sitting there in a business suit holding a some kind of a semi-automatic weapon. Mm-hmm. No, I I was highly intrigued by that, so I'm just kind of curious to what kind of world this is. Is it going to be like contemporary, world outside our window, or is it going to be where there's other fantastic stuff that you have to suspend belief for? I don't know. I'm hoping it's where he's just like this and he puts them in kind of like our real world and there's nothing else out there that's kind of iffy. Because I right. kind of like those, you know, when you kind of do that, when you throw this like quirk into... What could be normal for the rest of us? Because it just makes that much more believable and more readable and more relatable. I agree. So, all right. So we both agree on that. Well, so my other one from Image is you go back to page 40, and it's die number one. And I like to play on words because at first I see that die as in, you know, like in death, but it's actually die as in a 20-sided die or a six-sided die or the more common... Or, or the more common six-sided die. You know, but this is more about uh, six friends that are teenagers. Somehow, one individual makes, it appears like the special 20-sided die so they can play their role-playing game. They disappear for a couple of months, and then they reappear 50 miles, or two years later, 50 miles away, and they won't talk about what the traumatic experience is. And then, when they're adults, like 24 years later, uh, they discover that no one escapes. So, I find that one highly intriguing, and I I like the look of the art. Stephanie Hans, well, she's doing the cover. A Anne is the artist, and oh, she just makes some really beautiful stuff. And now she's going to do the interiors on this. 
So, and yeah. plus it's like D and D role playing. They probably won't use that specific genre in there, but it's 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 what it is. So, you know, it almost reminds me of that '80s cartoon, almost where they got transported, or a Saturday morning cartoon where they got transported to the realm, and it was Dungeons and Dragons. So it could be a play on this. So there's a nostalgia play, there's a D and D play, and then there's an art play for this, which is just it's a trifecta for me. So I'm really looking forward to die number one. That caught my eye too, primarily because of the writer Kieran Gillen, who's done some very good stuff. He wrote a, he did uh, among other things, he did a expanded one shot James Bond book for Dynamite that I thought was really well done. Mm-hmm. That caught my eye. But my other my other choice here was on page 46, The Freeze. Oh, I I thought about picking that one too. That one sounded intriguing. I, that's what I'm saying. There was a there was a lot that was in uh, image this month that looks good, number one wise. The d- writers Dan Wickline, artist Paul Seavey. The entire human population is frozen by a mysterious global event, all except Ray, and only he has the power to unfreeze them. Now, with the fate of the world in his hands, he must figure out what is going on and how to set things right again. So it's oh. Uh- and it says this is a series, not a mini-series. Looks like pretty typical, well, not typical science fiction, but I mean, it's definitely in the science fiction realm, and I don't know, it looks very good to me. Yeah, and, you know, I know we only picked two and all that, but the other two number ones actually looked interesting, too, that's coming out this that month. Hardcore number one. Yes, Andy Diggle. And mm-hmm. Vitti. Yes. That caught my eye as well. Yeah, and self-made number one. Right. So some just some really good number ones coming out from Image in December. All right, so we move on to Dark Horse. All right, that is good. Oh, I know we're gonna have an overlap in Dark Horse. Uh, yeah. So we can we can just get that out of the way and say Black Hammer Cthulhu Louise. Yes. Because it's Black Hammer, and it's just it's just some good stuff there in Black Hammer. This is rolling out of, actually, Sherlock Frankenstein, which came out of the original Black Hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Lemire is doing so much good stuff right now. He just finished up Royal City. He's doing Gideon Falls. But this Black Hammer universe, very much, pro- well, I'll go ahead and say this is my favorite stuff that he's writing right now, without question. I mean, I'm just it's absolutely sublime what he's doing here. And if you're at all a bit a fan of Cthulhu, the H.P. Lovecraft story, the Call of Cthulhu, then you'll be interested in this. Yeah, and it sounds kind of uh, well, it's a one shot, so I don't know if it's I don't know, it's it I guess what I'm trying to say, so you're gonna get up with a, a bullying story and everything and she finally decides to do something about it because of her appearance and all that, so um, right. you know, we'll kinda see where it goes. So So what's your other dark horse? My other dark horse is on page one oh seven. The Mind Management Omnibus. The Omni... The Manager of the Future. Futurist. Part 1 trade paperback. Um, you know, some people may say, well, this isn't really a, a number one. Well, no, which is re-released, but it's it's an omnibus, and I think it's... Anyone who's not gotten on board with Mind Management previously, this is a good opportunity. Because it's 400 pages, and it's only 25 bucks. That's a pretty pretty damn good price. And you know there's an online discount. Yes, if you go through Cowabunga. Or, well, if you go through Cowabunga, yes. So, what, anyways, collect the first two volumes of the month. I'm sure they do. I wasn't going to mention that. Uh, <laughs> just mentioning them is just, just mentioning them is not a promotion for. I know, I know. Just teasing. <laughs> All right, well, my other one is, uh, you know, the their gem of the month from Dark Horse, because I love me some Hellboy, so the Hellboy Winter Special 2018. You don't, you know, I don't think he has a really a regular series now, except for, you know, some of his past adventures and everything. Uh, but I kind of still get the specials now whenever they come out. And, you know, it's got a Magnolia cover, um, and it's multiple stories. 
and they all kind of tie together back to some other hit, earlier ones and everything. And it's the Magnola verse, so or the Hellboy verse. So I think the art looks really good in it. And you know, I I I love the stories that come out of this universe, the Hellboy universe, because they always have this like twist. You know, this unexpected outcome or whatever you want to call it. So they're they're always fun and entertaining to read. I gave a brief look, and it kind of looks interesting. It was one of my choices on page 98, a uh, mm-hmm. new book coming out, LaGuardia, another gem of the month. That looked kind of interesting, but I didn't pick it. All right, so let's go on to DC. Ooh, DC, DC. There's a bit of goodness this month in DC. I thought so. And you probably will be surprised what I didn't choose. Hmm. So. So then you should go first. Okay. I didn't choose the Batman Who Laughs. No, okay, you did not do that. Did you pick page two? Yes, Batman and the Outsiders. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Hey, I've gone a couple times where I haven't picked any Batman out of the previews, but yeah, this looks good. Written by Brian Hill. It's uh, I've always liked Batman and the Outsiders. This looks like it's going to be an interesting version of it. Yeah. Oh, and there's going to be a variant cover by Jay Lee. Oh, I'm there. Oh, I'm are you there. there? Oh, I love Jay Lee. Ah, they don't have it on the picture on there, but I'm sure you can go online and figure out what it's going to look like. I'm sure. Yeah, but it's it has Jay the Lee, signal. What it... But it's going to have the signal in it. Are you happy with that? I'm fine with that. I don't. Signal didn't bother me. <laughs> oh, it's I'm thinking some... of Absolute DC. Yes. Right. My name's not Aaron Bell. I mean, he was just badly used. They had a really good opportunity with the signal, and mm-hmm. I think they fucked it up. But anyway, that's not getting off topic here. But All right, well, don't turn that page, because my first one from D.C. is Freedom Fighters number 1. With that looks written, good. Written by Robert Venditti. So I've always kind of liked that Earth-X uh, storylines. And yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be like Uncle Sam. I think it's going to be your typical Freedom Fighters. Maybe it's going to be different. It doesn't really say on there. So there's Uncle Sam, Black Condor, uh, Doll Man, uh, Phantom Woman, and um, Doll Man. Did I already say Doll Man? Oh, the Living Bomb. That's usually your Freedom Fighter. So we'll we'll see if they do that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do the um, rebirth, I say, version of the Freedom Fighters and Earth X. Right. Yeah, that's kind of like a good-looking book. I may get that one as well. Yeah, and it's a maxi series, so it's only 12 issues. Right. So, I'm debating whether to get the single issues or just get it when it gets collected, because I got I've been thinking about getting some more stuff in trade paperback, as opposed to floppies all the time, because I'm running out of room to put in floppies. <laughs> is that isn't that when you buy another long box when I? Uh, but what happens when you have a room to buy another long box? Well, that's that's true. You know, I guess this. I mean, I mean, if we had a, if we were doing like a video podcast, and I could sit there and you could see, oh, just how the office, the the comic cave looks, and the, the comic cave is in disarray. Well, your wife probably isn't as understanding as Mike Myers' wife, because I understand he he has long boxes in their kitchen even. Ooh, no, no, I'm not doing that. It's just, <laughs> it's just, I have organized alphabetical piles, but they're still piles. Right. All right, so what's your second DC? This is on page six. The New Talent, New Talent Showcase 2018, number one. And even Ooh, though they I call it number one, even though they call it number one, I got to think this is a one shot. What they do once a year, DC has this workshop. They call the DC Talent Development Workshops, where they, take young authors and give them opportunities and training. And then they're, they're releasing this as sort of a compendium of work that they're doing, mm-hmm. the latest graduates. And who's into this is Philip Kennedy Johnson, Joey Esposito, Sanya Anwar, Robert Jeffrey II, Magdalene Visaggio, who wrote Eternity Girl for DC and is writing Kim and Kim and various things for Black Mask. One of my favorite New Talents, and Ryan Katie. So I'm curious to see what they're doing. Nice. That was my second choice there. 
All right, so my second choice, you're going to have to go all the way towards the back, and it is on page 56. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing on page 56. Because what is on page 56? It's Detective Comics Before Batman. Wow. Two omnis of Detective Comics 1 through 26, which are hardly ever, if ever, reprinted. There's no Batman. It's all the Detective Comics before Batman. Wow. Wow. Did you miss that? Did you not see that? I didn't, no. Completely missed that. It's 150 bucks, but look at that thing. The only thing I wish... I wish it didn't have the before Batman on it. They could have just completely left the Batman before Batman part of it and just kept it with that crime. Because this is what this is. This is 1930s crime comics. And I don't think you, I don't think they've really ever, I don't think all these these issues have even, some of them may have been reprinted, but I think some of these are, this is the first time they've ever been reprinted. Very likely, because they're not that, I mean, they're certainly not as collectible as 27 onward. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've heard people that they want to collect, I've heard people, they they want to collect issues 1 through 26. The problem is, it's like, you know, 27, yeah, it was Batman, people kept it, but nobody kept 1 through 26. They're very hard to find right. in, in crappy shape. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's very few but out there. But each of the omnibuses is 896 pages. Not total, each. That's almost 1,800 pages. Was Detective Comics that big back in the day? Uh, yeah, they were usually about 60 pages. I mean, because there was more than one story. Even mm-hmm. in 27, you know, the Batman was not the only story in Detective Comics 27. So, yeah, they used to be, I think, those early golden ages were 60 pages or something oh. or, or something similar to that. They would have to be to get this much out of, get 1,800 pages out of 26 issues. Well, maybe there's extras in there. I don't know. I was going to say, there's got to be also something else in there, too, I would think. But isn't that a beautiful looking set of Omnis? That is. That's really nice. Damn it. 150. I wonder what Cal is going to discount that at. Mm. And, you know, we got the new, I, I think we got that last night. The new um, the October order form. Okay, I'm not gonna bring it up now. No, I'm not gonna. That's gonna. You're not gonna look. As soon as we finish recording, I'll look. Oh, I I, I was surprised you didn't even notice that. So I found a a. Well, I'm about to say, well, it's Batman related, but it's not really Batman related. It's it's Batman related in a in a backwards kind of way. Yeah, it's still cool as shit. I mean, that's pretty cool. I know, and I was kind of wanting to kind of you know scale back on some stuff, but. I don't know. That's pretty. That's pretty nice looking. Yeah. I mean, two nice omnis and a really nice looking slipcase. Yeah. Damn it. What? Just I, I don't need. I don't need to be spending that money, but it's gonna be hard not to. Well, did you even look at the statues at the back? No, I didn't. And I'm not going to. Well, they got the they got the um uh the Murphy Batgirl. Uh, uh well, they got. But it doesn't look like Murphy. It doesn't look like Murphy drawing, though. See, I've already earmarked the Sean Murphy Batman White Knight Joker it's coming out next year. You can pre-order that for like eighty bucks. I don't think it's in here. Ronnie found it and showed it to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, son of a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we finish up with DC? That's okay. So the Detective Comics before Batman Omnis is my second pick. Then it's also okay. my third, fourth, and fifth pick from DC. Just because there's just so much goodness there. You know what? It doesn't come out the March either, so maybe you can find an easy installment plan. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. So on from DC. Yes, IDW. And I only had, I only found one book that interested me in IDW, and I know it's going to be one of yours, so. Well, let's just, let's just jump on it then. Rocketeer Reborn. Number one, yes. They teased it last month, and I so wanted to pick it last month. But Now, does it look like they're... they're so I guess they're translating it into the current era. So that should be interesting to see how they do that, because it's 80 years later. It's been 80 years, and then the Rocketeer is all but forgotten until Cliff's jetpack is found, but in a most unexpected way. And the cover art, although this is not final art, the cover art looks pretty cool. And I like the alternate cover myself. 
I do too, but what's that cover A you remind you of? Does it remind you of anything? It looks very much like Jaime Hernandez art. Yes, that's exactly what I thought it was, and I looked, oh, it's not. But but he could have been influenced by him. Could have been, yes. But it's very much Jaime Hernandez style, similar. Yeah, but I I didn't read Rocketeer when it first came out, but then I did read the collected editions uh, about a year or so ago and loved it. So I've been debating whether or not I want to go try out and collect the originals or not. But oh, the Rocketeer is just so good. Cool stuff, yep. So good. So you don't have another one from IDW? I didn't find another one I liked, no. Okay, well, m- my second IDW is Joe Kubert's Enemy Ace Artist Edition on page 166. So, you know, World War II, yeah, World War II gets a lot of it, but this is World War One. It's Joe Kubert, and it's just, um, oh, beautiful stuff. And then IDW just knows how to do these artist editions. And so it's, yeah. So they're black and white, you know, 12 by 17. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, this whole page is nothing but Joe Kubert. So you got Joe Kubert's Tarzan of the Apes, Joe Kubert's Return of Tarzan, Joe Kubert's Tarzan, Volume 3, and then Enemy Ace. So just a bunch of Kubert, you know, goodness there. Ah, oh, such, such goodness, such goodness. Very nice. So that's the IDW. All right, Marvel. Or Marvel, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, I had a tough prime time finding something, to, some stuff that just stood out for me with Marvel. It was going to be Conan number one, but then I found out, oh, that's not till January. <laughs> Bastards. Yes. And so I was kind of having a sour taste in my mouth at that point, <laughs> as I was then thumbing through the rest of it. Well, not knowing a lot of the Marvel universe, I've not been a big Marvel fan. Yeah, it's always challenging for me, but I found a couple things that. Mm-hmm. Look there. The first one is uh, it's on page 12, but you have to look and get page 13. I'm going to go back. Killmonger, number one. New, and it looks like it's based on the movie Killmonger. Yes, and Brian Hill, which is pretty I like his writing. So, And they have number two here, so I don't know if it's going to be a twice-month release. Uh, Well, they've gotten to where they do some of their titles twice a month, just like DC was, but... You know, they were charging a regular cover price, which DC is doing now for the titles that are still twice a month. They're all back to three ninety nine. That wouldn't surprise me, except this is only a five-issue mini, so why would they do two a month? And, you know, do six issues instead of five? Because it's Marvel. And that's the Marvel <laughs> way. The Marvel way. Well, maybe that's how the timing was something. Maybe. All right, I'm getting heavy rain, so if you hear that, just we'll have to... Live with it. So. Uh, I cannot hear anything, so you're good. Okay. All right. Hopefully so my I won't first power. Yeah. So my first Marvel is just when you first open the page, and it is well, actually, it's not the first page, but it's X Force number one, because when I really got back into or really got into comics was back in the early '90s, late '80s. No, I've been the early '90s, and that was right when New Mutants switched over to X Force one. So this is. This is kind of that original team, and it's a nostalgia play for me again. And it looks like they've, through means, have de-aged Cable. So Cable's a kid now, which is interesting, but because Kid Cable, spoiler alert, killed Old Man Cable. And now there's old X-Force crews after him, but it looks like they apparently join up. So, eh, we'll see where it goes, but it's, but it's, you know, back there. And there's even a Liefeld cover. Which actually, I must say, doesn't look too bad. And there's feet, and I only uh, count I only count five pouches. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I'm yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I I limit my comments on Liefeld. Oh come on. There's it's 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 not that bad. That cover is not that bad. I might actually get that cover just because it's X Force and it goes back to Liefeld. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, my other Marvel choice, this is on page 16, Winter Soldier, number one. Bucky Barnes believes in second chances. Oh, this is another one of five. So is it coming out twice a month so it can end in a half month? It doesn't say. It does show number two, so I'm not saying that it will. Oh, there you go. But that looks kind of intriguing. Yep. And my second one for Marvel is on page 24 and 25, The Superior Spider-Man. I'm actually going to try it out because I keep caring how... 
much everybody enjoyed that run that came after Spider-Man 700 when Peter Parker died and uh, Dr. Octopus took over Peter's body and became the superior Spider-Man and everything. So uh, it's I don't think it's the same writer and everything, but at least we can see if it's, you know, if it's as good as uh, everybody's made it out to be. So I used to be thoroughly enjoy the Spider-Man until he got like 20 different titles. And now I can't keep up with it. I just can't keep up. I don't even try. I wouldn't even try. Well, you know, Spider-Man is the Batman of Marvel. Or is that oh, mean, even that though? I get it confused. I don't try to keep up. I don't try to keep up with everything in DC. You know, there's just no freaking way. I, number one, I don't want to. Number two, I don't have the funds to do that. So yeah. You know, and I bypassed the Fantastic Four wedding just because I've what? There's only been like how many weddings in Marvel this year? <sighs> I'm wondering if she's going to leap him at the altar like Catwoman did. <laughs> or Kitty Pride. So, <laughs> As I've said, there's been a there's been quite a few weddings. We're about yep. wedding out. Yes, I think they've done that trope enough for right now. Okay, Dynamite. Woohoo! I will tell you right now, I can only find one thing in new in Dynamite that I that I liked. I found two, and you're going to laugh your nuts off at one of them, probably. But Okay. On page 172, oh. Vampirella versus Reanimator. Well, there you go. You know why? Because it's written by Cullen Bunn. And you know Cullen why? Cullen Bunn, Cause he, yes. Because he's from Missouri. Uh, well, okay, he's got one strike against him. So oh. Being from Missouri. <laughs> you're not from Missouri. You're from Tennessee, so don't they didn't even start. So <laughs> You're a transplant to Missouri, so. I will take that. I will take that. But it, but but Missouri borders Tennessee. That's true. Ooh, which cover do you like? Um, you know, I I, I like the cover B. That's pretty interesting. Or actually, uh, the seduction cover, that black and white cameo-looking thing. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool too. I don't understand exactly. I don't think that's final art. No. But I looked at this, and the first thing, you know, you see the title, and you think, what? But then I saw Cullen Bond, so it's got to be well-written. Mm-hmm. Plus, the Reanimator is just... Did you see the film? The original film, Reanimator? No, I have not. Uh, it is typical a schlock. I mean, it is a horrid interpretation of a very good H.P. Lovecraft story. And it's just... It's um, campy as hell, and it's just... This list looks funny to me. I mean, I don't know how... If he's he's got to have some kind of humor in this. Mm-hmm. Just because of the character. So, it, I don't know. I just... I looked at that and said, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. <laughs> so, what did you have in Dynamite? Okay, so for me in Dynamite, is it's resolicited. It's on page 197. And it's the hardcover of The Art of Atari. Bye. Because... Back in the day, they did painted covers for all the Atari cartridges and all the Atari games. And I guess they had to, because the games looked nothing like that, and you had to use your imagination to make them look like that. But, oh, those... Oh, those paintings. They're all paintings that they did. And there's, I can see, Missile Command, and... What is that? Sword Quest, and Centipede, and I don't know, maybe that's Asteroids. But, oh, that's just some... Some beautiful, those Atari covers were awesome. It just takes me back to the day. Of course, I'm trying to remember what the artwork looked like for Pong. Pong had to be kind of simple. Yeah, the artwork. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember it. Well, my other one is a trade paperback. It's on page 191. Sherlock Holmes, The Vanishing Man. I don't remember seeing this coming out in, I don't remember seeing this coming out in single issues. And I guess I, Easily could have missed it, but uh, oh, and they always get Sean or John Cassidy to do the covers. Yes, nice cover. That is a nice cover. That looked like an interesting book. All right, and so I didn't have another one from Dynamite. They yeah. didn't have too many number ones, and it was that Reanimator thing, and no. I was too unfamiliar with it to kind of like. Eh. It's it's crazy. That's going to be a crazy book. I'm I'm just really curious to see what he's going to do with that. No, it could be. You have to tell me, and then maybe I'll have to go get it. Okay. And check it out. All right. 
Boom Studios. All right. So what's your first one from Boom? On page 202, Klaus and the Crying Snowman, number one. Oh, that's one of mine. Written by Grant Morrison. Yes, Ronnie Barron. Grant Morrison. Did you get the original ones, these? The ones that the trains on the next? Oh, they're so good. I'm probably, I'm thinking about getting those, yes. How Santa Claus began, they're, you know, you're not your typical Santa. (laughs) No, not with Grant Morrison writing it. But, yeah, like the uh, solicit here, it says, The best holiday tradition in comics returns in the next chapter of the epic Santa saga by visionary Grant Morrison. Okay, hear that, Ronnie? Visionary Grant Morrison. He's a visionary. Show some respect. (laughs) 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 He's screaming into his listening device right now, whatever he's doing. Yeah, this looks just really good. And I'm not really that much into fantasy type thing, but this looks... And it's Grant Morrison. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. There's no option. All right, so that's one of mine. I mean, that's one of mine also. And my second one is if you turn to page 206, and you have Wizard Beach, number one of five. When Hexley Daggered Ragbottom sets off to find his Uncle Salazar, he expects to find the most powerful wizard of the modern age. Instead, he finds Uncle Sally only wants to kick back, relax, and stay clear of any kind of wizard politics. So how is Hex supposed to become a great wizard if all the adults are too lazy to teach him? Yeah, it looks really fun. And I, I'm really digging the art. It kind of gives me a like a Peterson vibe. Really? Because I thought mm-hmm. of somebody completely different. Another one of your favorite artists. I looked at that and I thought, that's kind of reminiscent of Darrow. No, I don't see Darrow in this. There's not enough, uh, there's not enough detail in it. There's not enough line. That was just kind of the first thing, but I'm not as familiar with Darrow as you are. Yeah, well, you know, the artist also did Jim Henson's The Storyteller, Giants, and I remember getting that series and enjoying it, so. Uh, it should be should be pretty interesting seeing, re- I guess, retired wizards on the beach just kicking back and just, I don't know, doing the beach life, you know. Jimmy Buffett does magic. My second in there is on page 211, Planet of the Apes, The Simian Age, number one. Yeah, I thought that looked interesting. I've just not been ever a big Planet of the Apes other than the well, original I, movie. I'm not either, but then I look at it. It's got three writers credited here. Jeff Jensen, Ryan Ferrer, and Matt Kent. I'm like, Matt Kent? Interesting. And it's got covers by, alternate variant covers by Michael Allred and Laura Allred. So that'll be cool. Yeah, I don't know that I'll actually get this, but it just it looks interesting. And anything Matt Kent puts his hand to is at least worth looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, how's that work if you're like three of them? Well, I don't know. And then, yes, I've been disappointed by collaborative efforts before, so I don't know how it's going to work. But I'm intrigued enough to at least try to find out. I probably will at least get the first issue of this. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Ooh. And now I guess we move on to our... The back half of the book, or the green section, as a lot of people call it. Or the general population? Yes. <laughs> well, my first one, and this is going to be kind of outside the norm, but it's going to be Avatar. And it's just going to basically be, peoples, you need to go to Avatar, and you need to get the two ninety nine trade paperbacks, or the twelve ninety nine hardcovers. Interesting. Because you've got of the two ninety nines, you got you can get two ninety nine Warren Ellis Do Anything, two ninety nine Warren Ellis Bad Signal, two ninety nine Warren Ellis Stranger Kisses, two ninety nine was Warren Ellis Strange Killings, Strange Killings Strong Medicine. You also have Warren Ellis's Frankenstein's Womb, Warren Ellis's Dark Blue, Garth Ennis's Chronicles of Wormwood, Alan Moore's Light of Thy Countenance, Alan Moore's Another Suburban Romance, Warren Ellis's wow. Atmospherics, Warren Ellis's Creasy, and then you get to the hardcovers, the 1299 hardcovers. You get you get Super God, you get Black Summer, you get No Hero, you get Captain Swing and the Electrical Pirates of Cinderly Island, you get Anna Mercury, you get Ignition City, you get uh, Wolfskin, Warren Ellis's Wolfskin in Volume 1 and Volume 2, Dr. Sleepless, Garth Ennis's Streets of Glory, Garth Ennis's Stitched, 
David Lapham's Ferals, and then you get the Uber hardcovers, and then you do more, and then there's more, and I can't go through listing any more of them. So just get you. There's Absolution. Did you ever read Absolution? No, I didn't. Oh, so go get the Avatar and get you some hardcovers and get you some trade paperbacks. That's they've been doing all. They did that a couple months ago. Had more than one of these sales, so they're doing a lot of these. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get that super guy because I think that's one of the ones I've haven't read. Right. I think I got the first issue and I didn't get any of the others because I don't know. I guess my LCS missed them or something. But I got Streets of Glory by Garth Ennis, which is great. It's a it's, Garth Ennis does a western, which he doesn't. Do, I mean, I think this is the only western he's done, but he does great war stories and he does a great gritty western. Nice. Well, if you go well all the way back to page 251. Oh, 251. I've got my pick, and then I've got something else I want to mention. It's not. It's sort of a semi-pick, half-pick. <laughs> the one I picked is under American Gothic Press. Mm-hmm. Nice, number one. Written by Dagan Walker, Joseph Etner. Another collaborative effort. But it's the solicit on this. It's a nice day for a murder. American Gothic Press first series collaboration with Echo Lake Entertainment. Kevin and Jose are 20-something hipsters cruising through life in a fancy car, drinking at bars and chatting about nothing except when their mysterious employer sends them on errands that may involve killing people. More often they're expected just to clean up after the excitement is over. But deranged cop, personal investment in the organization they work for is about to change everything. You know, I'm you know how what a sucker I am for crime. Story. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it, but if you look right to the left, this is not really a pick, but I just got to mention it. Scrimshaw Volume Two, Number One. They're doing a second mini series of Scrimshaw. Oop, that's on my list because I saw that Scrimshaw. My favorite thing that Alterna has done. So it wasn't a pick, so you go ahead and talk about. It. I'll let you talk about. It. Oh yeah, but Scrimshaw. Yeah, I really enjoyed the you know what I read at the first volume. Um, I think I got to catch up on a couple of issues, but. Uh, I think I'm going to be getting at this because you know what? It's a buck fifty. Yes. And it was a really interesting story, and I, you know, I don't know. I really liked it. You know, it's kind of like a it was kind of like a well done Waterworld. Yes. Wouldn't you say? I would think so. Of all the alternate comics I've read, that's been I think the best one so far, one I've or my favorite at least. So, good stuff on the Scrimshaw. And I think it's the same, you know, it's the same crew. It's a new mini, and yes. it's a perfect jumping-on point for new readers too. Yeah, one of four. Yes, what it says. It was a four-issue mini. So. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, what's another one of yours? Well, if we go to page two seventy-nine, there on the bottom down there, and I I can't tell who's putting it out. I don't, I don't know if it goes with the Wave Blue World Inc. or Bantam Spectra or BBC Books. I don't think it's BBC Books. But all we ever wanted. So an exciting new anthology filled with stories that present a brighter vision of the future featuring today's top-level talent. No doom and gloom there. These sci-fi tales are meant to inspire hope and restore the belief that a better world is possible. So, you know, it's your counter to the, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi that we've been dealing with and everything like that. So, um, yes. so I, yeah, I found that very intriguing because it's like, you know, looking for a better future. More like the sci- science fiction I remember reading uh, growing up that was written in the, I don't know, the, the 40s and the 50s and the 60s with the Asimovs and the Clarks, right. where there was a hopeful future. And that's, yeah, that is Blue Wave World Incorporated, because it goes by columns, uh, like, so that, and then the top of the next page, and then Bantam Spectra is the George R.R. R. Martin stuff. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, if you flip over to page 262, actually, I've got two in Black Mask, so I might just do both of them. Well, 262? Isn't this Archie? 282, excuse me. I'm sorry. Ah! That's red. 57-year-old eyeballs are not working like they used to. I'll be there soon. 282 MEX. Now, the... Caveat on this is the writer, Matteo Pizzolo, who is notorious for starting stuff and never finishing it. Mm. So I thought long and hard about before I picked this, but it looks pretty interesting. So 
It'll be at least a great first issue. You may not ever see anything else after that, but it's... Uh, he wrote Cal Exit. Uh, is there no more issues after three? Not that I know of. Son of a... I really enjoyed Cal Exit. It was like the only black mask I've gotten. And I'm probably not going to get any more just because of this. Well, uh, they're doing better. They're doing better. They're, they are completing a lot of series, but this guy is notorious. I picked it anyway. And I'm going to be, I'll call myself an idiot when it doesn't finish. It's supposed to be a four issue mini, but who knows? I'm a, they're going to come out. But it's, uh, it takes place in the same, in the Cal Exit universe. That's what kind of got me interested in it. Uh, the teenage skate rat, Emmy, runs a punk record shop in the abandoned strip mall during the Cal Exit military op- occupation. Homeland Security turns the strip mall into a detention center. She has to fight the power. Yeah, you know what? I didn't notice that was from the world of Cal Exit. And now that you pointed that out, damn it, I'm going to have to get it. But it's only a one-shot, isn't it? Oh, it's one of four. Nope, it is one of four. Well, here's why I think that it might complete. And I didn't, I don't remember seeing this. Originally published as a limited edition one-shot at Comic-Con to raise money for immigrant families separated at the border. Readers demanded more of Emmy's story. This new, oh, that's a new edition, so. Yep. Or a miniseries. Yeah, I say, I, I said I would never, ever, ever buy another Matteo Pizzolo book. He just can't get the story out of his head. I know. I don't know what it is. Well, he's, if you know the guy, he's got, he does a, a thousand different things. He's, he's into movie production and, well, I don't know what all he's doing. But. Yes. And if I did that at my work, I'd get fired because I would complete nothing. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Okay, well, let's move on a little bit more to page 286. And we are going for a book. Actually, they call it a reference book. So, from Bold Ventures Press, Timely Confidential When the Golden Age of Comics Was Young. On page 286. So, one day in 1942... A kid who liked to draw responded to an advertisement in the New York Times. He carried his portfolio to a young upstart publishing company, landing a job on the spot. That company would become Marvel Comics. Alan Bellman participated in the early years of popular characters like Captain America, the Human Torch, and the Submariner. One day he left the comics field and never looked back. Five decades later, an intrepid Golden Age comic book collector located him. Alan received a hero's welcome from comic book historians and now appears at conventions nationwide, proclaiming, I was there. Here with his certificate circuitous journey back to comics. Nice. Interesting. It's the golden age. You can never get enough stories about the golden age. Nope, you can't. The most interesting period of comic books. That's when they were all figuring it out. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, my next book is over on page 291 under Darby Pop Publishing. Oh, I looked at that. Bruce Lee, The Dragon Rises Deluxe Hardcover. I'd really like to have seen some of the art, because that art is not final. I'd really like to know what it looks like. Yes. Martial arts master Bruce Lee never died, and he hasn't aged, but he has no idea who he is. And so it's like 40 years later. He's, I don't know, if it's kind of had amnesia or what, how they're going to explain this. But. Yeah, you know, it is a comic book. All right, so my next one is on page 306, and then we're going to go to Gemstone Publishing. So this is more for... The Collectors, but the Overstreet Guide to Grading Comics. I probably peruse this thing, I don't know, weekly. So it's it's really great if you're a collector. They got pictures, they got they point out stuff, they do count, so you can actually figure out the grade of your comics. So um, no, it's really good. They got definitions. It's not a thick read. It's only 360 pages. I don't know if it's 360 pages, but a lot of it's pictures. So, uh, it's really good. It explains it. Uh, if you've ever gotten graded books or you're sitting there wanting something and you're, you're haggling with the guy and you're trying to figure it out and everything, whether it's worth it or not, it's an invaluable aid to help you. So, and it's got interesting stuff in it because it's also got some things about what happens to paper over time, what happens to ink over time, uh, back in the early days, printing errors, like where the Marvel chipping came from and, you know, uh, you know, when the, the newsstands would sit there and put the distribution ink on it to mark when it came out so they knew when to pull it from the stand. So they kind of go all the stuff that can affect, you know, the, the quality of a comic. So it all talks about in there. So it's interesting reading from that standpoint also. 
So I I don't think they update it that often. Oh, actually, that is. That's the 2016 edition. I think I have the... I don't know what edition I got. But it doesn't have that cover. So I don't think much has changed in grading since then. But it's really good in explaining everything and pointing them out. It even talks about, like, Treasury Editions and... They even give profiles of CGC and CBCS and Halo. Doesn't look like, and uh, oh, they do do PGX and they do do Vault expert grading. So there we go. Well, if you flip back to page 294, on the bottom left-hand corner, you'll see Daybreak graphic novel. Hmm. This is from Drawn and Quarterly. Always got to have a Drawn and Quarterly book in. It's written by Brian Ralph. You wake up in the rubble and see a ragged, desperate, one-armed man greeting you. He takes you underground to a safe place, feeds you, offers you a place to sleep, and then announces that he'll take the first watch. It's not long before peril of the jagged landscape has located you and your newfound protector scratching at the door. What transpires is a moment-to-moment struggle for survival. The road meets dawn of the dead. <laughs> now, this looks zombie-like, and I don't, you know I'm not a zombie fan of any sort, but this looks a little different. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's almost from, I don't know, a third-person perspective. Yeah. That's what kind of uh, intrigued me about it. Not the observer. So, anyway, I thought that was worth a look. And it's 160 pages, 17 by 1695. I'm drawing it quarterly. <laughs> All right. Let's see in the order here. So, my next one's on 331. Actually, 330 and 331 from Oni Press. The Long Road to Liquor City. <laughs> I saw that. That's on... I just like the art. I don't know. Is there something about the art that just appealed to me? Yeah, it's very... Gosh, I don't know how to describe it. Or even come up with a similar artist. But it's... So it's a Great Depression era adventure comedy about love, friendship, and the pursuit of happiness as Johnny Hobos, Jed, and Fanny crisscross the country in search of the fabled Liquor City. They are pursued relentlessly by fearsome rail yard sergeant Ronan O'Feathers, who wrongly blames him for his wife's death. With the law on their tail and a succession of colorful characters along the way, the only constant is the absurdity and mayhem they leave in their wake on the long road to Liquor City. And then they give you this four-panel spread there from the book where a part of the story, and it's basically they smell food and then they go through their... You know, somebody puts a pie on a windowsill, and they go through the antics to steal the pie. Of course, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what a stew pie is. Wouldn't even begin to hazard a guess. But it looks highly entertaining, and it's 100. And it's you know, it's 160 pages. It's 19.99, and they label it as mature. Yes, but that was one of my choices too. That was on my list. Okay. Well, skip on to your next one. All right. Page 325, top left corner. Louise Brooks, Detective, hardcover. This is from Manuscript Press. Stepping away for a bit from his impressive body of work on the Treasury of Murder true crime series, Gary creates a fictional story around a favorite actress, Louise Brooks. Spun around her actual brief meteoric career is a smoldering film actress who popularized bangs Gary fantasizes about her coming back to her home town of Wichita, where she becomes intrigued by the murder involving a famous reclusive writer and a shady beau. I've heard of Rick Gary. I haven't read anything of him, but I've heard some good things about his writing, and this, this kind of looked interesting to me. It's a hardcover, 80 pages, 16, you know, 15.99, and it's black and white. This is a monochrome comic, so that will appeal to somebody. Some people will not to others. Nope. All right. For my next one's on page 342. It's from Scout Comics. I think I know what you're going to pick. And it's the Heavenly Blues trade paperback. Yes, it's one of my choices as well. Our old friend, Ben Kahn. Yes. There's the, there's the awesomeness of Heavenly Blues collected in one trade paperback. Yes. Who's been, oh, Aaron's been waiting for this. So here it is, Aaron. Yep, that means you got to come to C2E2 and get it signed. Mm-hmm. Yep. In Artist Alley. Because he's there. He was there last year. I'm assuming he's going to be there next year. Maybe. I'm sure he is. I'm I think it's a pretty good show for him. 
think it was. So, but yeah, if you didn't catch the singles, because I had a hard time finding it. I ended up having to get the last couple of issues online because I just couldn't find any shops. They were carrying the first three issues or so, and then I couldn't get the rest. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it got popular and people picked it up as soon as it came in, which is what I'm suspecting, and they couldn't up their orders. I don't know. Um, A lot of shops didn't. I'm very lucky on my LCS because he orders pretty much most of everything, especially indie stuff. And uh, and Scout, so I've never had a problem getting it. Of course, I was on my pull list, too, so I put it on my pull list. So I never had any, didn't have any problems. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's two of yours I've picked. Wow. All right. Let's. Do we want to go for three in a row and go to page 350 and do the hard case crying breakneck? Yes, that's number three. I picked that one. Yeah, and don't you love that cover A? Yes, that cover A is by Faye Dalton is damn good. Oh, oh it's just like your old time like paperback book cover. Exactly what and that they, looks like. And they really don't give a solicit here. It just said a countdown thriller in modern day Philadelphia. Yeah, perfect for fans of 24, Homeland, and Falling Down. But, well, no, wait, read there. When every man Joe Hayward confronts his cheating wife, he stumbles on a terrorist plot. With just two hours to save Philly, Joe needs all the help he can get, even the government agent sleeping with his wife. That's, that's just, they did that strangely. It doesn't look like a solicit, the way they printed it there. <laughs> well, they, you notice how they highlight cheating wife, terrorist plot, two hours, government agent. I can see how this, yeah, ties in. People say, if you like 24, you'd like this. So, yeah, but it's hard case crime. And then yeah. next door, there's the, I didn't pick one of these, but the, the hard case crime hardcover, I didn't know they were doing hard case crime hardcovers. Oh, I picked this one. Now, this oh, is an advanced you? solicit for a March release, so this is not coming out to March, but Tyler Cross, Angola hardcover. Mm. A gritty 1950s gangster thriller. How could you, how could you not get that? You got to. You've got to get that. Eh, it's a hardcover. I've been trying. To, I don't care. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. You got all, you got the Jazz Maynard hardcovers. Yes, I did because they're awesome, <laughs> and they got rounded covers, occult corners. Yes, I got a new one from them. Curtain Call came in my yeah. last Cowabunga order. Same thing. Nice hardcover, rounded corners. How do you like those rounded corners? I like them. Yeah. Anyway, it says Tyler Cross is the toughest trafficker in the U.S., but when a drug-free, when a risk-free gang sends him to jail, his life sentence could be a death sentence. So that's going to be pretty cool. And well, actually, that's is an advanced solicit, so it won't be out till March. So I'll have to measure it again. So. Yeah. And I only had one more pick. Oh, did you? I've got two more. Okay. And let's stay in Titan because then I went. On page 354, The Night, or The Nuit, by Philippe Joulet. That so looks interesting. So it's a hardcover. It's only 72 pages, but it's born from a personal tragedy. The Night is the darkest, most explosive work of comics legend Philippe Joulet. In a ragged world of... In a ragged world of nihilistic anarchy, drug-addicted bikers and barbarians race toward the ultimate madness of their end. Interesting. But... You balked at the Angola one because it was a hardcover. Now you got this one with the hardcover? Well, this is artistic. <laughs> oh, okay. Artistic. It's lavishly illustrated visuals unfold like Art Nouveau on a bad acid trip. Okay. This deeply weird discovery awaits lover, uh, lovers of Phantasmagoria. And, and there's something about the cover. Yeah, the cover looks pretty cool. It's very... I'm, very... I'm trying to very... I don't know. It's got this 60s vibe to it. It does. So, I just that the art on that just the cover just caught my eye. It looks interesting. And so, what's your final one? Yeah, flip back one page, 352. Tank Girl, number one. Hey, there you go. Well, we picked a lot yeah. from Titan this month. They had some good stuff. That's why. I mean, they had two hard case crimes. They got to get those. Uh, th- it confused me at first because this says Tank Girl, number one, ongoing, and then Action Alley, one of four. So I think this is the arc for this. Oh, but they're this doing that whole like, thing where each arc is going to be a, like a mini? Probably looks like it. Because the cover says Tank Girl, Action Alley. So 
that confused me at first. I'm like, wait a minute, is that an ongoing or is that limited? But it's it's an ongoing series of limited edition <laughs> stories. Mm-hmm. It says Tank Girl's first ongoing in 30 years. Original creator Alan Martin, fan favorite Brett Parson, bring Tank Girl into a whole new era. And it's post-apocalyptic, and that's not my favorite stuff, but... But that's what Tank Girl is. I know, but this looks interesting. There you go. And so my last one is on page 371, down in the lower left-hand corner. Frazetta's Sketchbook 2 hardcover. Oh, I saw that. Frank Frazetta is so damn good. Yes, it's a new printing... With Rosetta Sketchbook 2 with more classic and unseen material by the master of fantastic art, including rare Conan, Vampirilla, EC, Death Dealer, and behind the scenes on the Fire and Ice movie. Ah, Frazetta. Frazetta, Frazetta, Frazetta. Just some beautiful artwork. It's 160 pages, 8.5 by 11. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. So, I guess that's it. I mean, there was no new vault this month. I was kind of surprised. And I think there was a lot of, uh, there wasn't really any new Aftershock either. Not that I was intrigued enough about. I don't, can't remember. I can't, well, I mean, I think, I think it was all ongoing, so. Yeah. But it was definitely, there was more stuff this month than last. I didn't have to struggle to find things that were intrigued me, so. Oh, no, no, it was some good stuff. Some good, good stuff. But, all in all. All right. So that's your previews for books coming out in December. So if you're looking for Christmas gifts and you want to make comic books into Christmas gifts. <laughs> I would yeah. suggest Detective Comics 1 through 26 Omnibus. Yes. If you know anybody who likes, yeah, golly, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that would be a good gift. So anybody who wants to get that for me. Uh, oh, is your wife listening to this? No, but I'll make sure that she does. <laughs> You'll just leave the page open to that? Yeah, I'm going to leave that. that. Yeah, I'm going to put that on my... You know, put it on her pillow with my previous copy with the open to that page. And, you know, maybe get a big China marker and circle that and put an arrow pointed to it. That might a hint give her a hint that's something I want. <laughs> hey, he might be interested in that. I wonder if he'd like this for Christmas. Mm. Good good stuff, good stuff. So where can they reach us, Jay? You can find me on Twitter, at JForgets. Hey, I'm at Oot Inger. You can tweet the show directly, at BOTR Comics. And that's a wrap. (laughs) 